0: You want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training.
1: Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Byron Morrison. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Fantastic. And I'm excited. Byron is an expert when it comes to mindset and he helps a lot of stressed out business owners. So if you're one of them, you better listen today. So Byron, not everyone in the world knows who you are yet. Do you mind spending a couple of minutes sharing with people a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are?
1: Yeah, certainly. So the easiest way to kind of tell you that is to give you a little bit of an overview of my kind of story and what got me to where I am today. So essentially I am a CEO and high performance coach and I help CEOs upgrade their brain power so that they can make better decisions, execute without overthinking and handle new levels of stress and pressure as well as being a speaker and a best-selling author. But honestly life wasn't always this way. If I take you back a few years like a lot of people, like the people I work with, I always wanted to help others. I wanted to create an impact and run my own business, but I never really knew what that was. So I pretty much just went to university, got a degree and then got a job. And I found myself in a situation where I was earning good money. I was in a good position. I was on track to a life that other people would deem a success, but I was very unhappy. At the time, I was unfulfilled in my work, I was overweight, I was struggling with confidence and really not feeling good about myself. And then my dad got cancer and during this treatment, he had most of his bowel surgically removed and he spent 25 days in ICU, uh, most of on life support and breathing through a tracheostomy. And that for me was the wake-up call that I had to change because I saw a glimpse of my own future if I didn't change my ways. So... On that journey, I learned everything I could about mindsets, psychology, health, high performance. And the more I dived into it, the more I started to realize how much his success had contributed to him getting sick. At the time, he was working 14-hour days. He was massively stressed out. He was burnt out, barely sleeping, all which inevitably took its toll on his health. And that was really kickstarted my mission of helping other CEOs and business owners who are in similar position to, he was, to what he was, who are really allowing their success to push them to the limit and help them take back control of it. So yeah, that's pretty much just kind of an overview of the last kind of seven years. Excellent. Yeah, and I mean, I think anyone that I've
0: ever started a business have been at that point. At some states where you're working, well, 14, 16, 18 nowadays sometimes just to get things moving and, you know, s- struggling in crisis and so on. So uh, I'm, I'm sure most people have been there at least. Um, what what's, uh, what's sort of the most
1: common challenge you feel that most of your clients have? So one thing I see time and time again is the kind of clients who come to me for help. They've essentially, for the last kind of, three, four, five years, built their business through strength and perseverance. Like you just said, it's a lot of long hours, it's putting the work in, it's really pushing in order to make it successful. But eventually they reach a point where with every new level of success comes a new level of problems because now not only do they have to focus on continuing to grow, they also have to manage a team. They also have to keep customers happy. They also have to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And they essentially find themselves in a situation where their days are putting out fires and solving other people's problems. And because of that, they find themselves stretched thin because the level of thinking, action, and brainpower that got them to that point simply isn't enough to help them deal with all of these new problems so because of it they're stressed they're overwhelmed they struggle making decisions they're firing from the hip and constantly reacting to the world around them and it simply isn't sustainable which is where someone like myself comes in to really help them upgrade their brain power so that they can more effectively deal with these new problems and take their business to the next level
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and and totally the same i see i mean I would say majority of people that I coach, when I start working with them, the biggest challenge they have is often lack of management skills, and particularly in areas of delegation and so on. Right? They they either haven't found the right people to delegate to, they don't know how to delegate the right way, etc. And 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 it means that everything just stays on their plate, and they just you know even when they hire more people, they actually get more work. Because even though they give some work to those people, they still spend so much time checking up and the pocket always ends with them, right? Because they haven't learned proper management, right? So that yeah. uh, totally, totally resonates.
1: Totally resonates with me. Yeah, 100%. I'd kind of build on that further and also say one of the kind of big problems with that kind of delegation and letting go is one thing I spoke to a client about this morning is he's a fairly new kind of ceo in the sense of managing a team because he's kind of grown his small business and one thing he's really struggling with is having difficult conversations he doesn't like conflict he doesn't like having any kind of negativity or any confrontation and one of the biggest hurdles he's like struggled overcoming is really actually stepping up to be in that situation to lead because until recently, before we started working together, you had a tendency to avoid it, to just put it off and ignore it and hope it goes away. Which, if you want to be a CEO at that level, it's simply not something that you can stick your head in the sand and ignore. You have to focus on developing those skills because otherwise you're never going to effectively lead your team or run your business. So yeah, completely agree. It's all about kind of up-leveling and upskilling in all of these different areas and knowing where to kind of let go.
0: Yep, definitely, definitely. And and I mean, so many people are trying to be Iron Man, right? They're, they're, they're always trying to hold down their feelings. And even, like, it, it's so interesting. Like I, I go to a lot of these entrepreneur meetups and it's like every time you talk to people, like, how are you? Oh, well, business is better than ever. And, you know, sometimes it is, but... You know it 's always this kind of facade where everyone 's pretending to be okay, but the second they walk out of the room they're well they 're stressed while they 're in the room trying not to display it and the second they walk out of the room they 're like panicking if they missed an email or you know that kind of thing and, and the amount of conferences I go to you know it, it's really it 's really obvious to see how many people pretend that everything 's okay, but it 's not. And I, I think, I think uh, I call it the Iron Man syndrome, but I, I think fundamentally, like one of the things that's, that's really important for entrepreneurs to learn is actually show that vulnerability, actually ask for the help. Uh, I mean, a lot of the time when people ask for help today, it's often, it, it, uh, well, I guess it's never too late, but it's, it's at a stage, you know, where they're crazy. Um, yeah. And it's getting to that early definitely helps significant. So what, like the the people coming to you and your clients, what what kind of situation are they generally in?
1: From very similar to what you just talked about, um, I love your kind of phrasing of it. Like I, when I, in my content and stuff, I talk about it and I call it the shadow side of success because there seems to have been this trend with entrepreneurship and running a business where people think it's this amazing life of wealth and private planes and fancy parties. And it's been portrayed in this image where people who run a business, they've got it all figured out. They've got everything together, which when you do start getting successful and people around you are telling you how great and amazing you are, it almost kind of puts you in the spotlight where you don't want to show that actually that's not the case. But as with anything else in life, whenever you shine a light on something, it has a shadow side as well. And that's why I call it the shadow side of success because the kind of people that I work with, the reality is they're under a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and deliver. They're massively stressed. They're pulled in multiple different directions. They have so much on their plate where they're constantly bouncing around from one thing to the next in a desperate attempt to try and get everything done. And that's a huge burden, especially when everyone's looking to you to lead, to support them, to solve their problems. And I find that often because of it, the CEOs and business owners, they'll bottle it up like you spoke about. They'll put on this facade and almost like an act to the outside world, pretending that they've got everything together, even though their internal state doesn't match their external success. And that's why they get so great that you're talking about these things. Because I truly believe that we need to be having more open conversations about this because so many CEOs and business owners are suffering in silence, almost thinking that it's weakness to be feeling this way, when in reality, we're all human. Like we all have challenges and setbacks and acknowledging that and being transparent about it is actually a strength, not a weakness. Yeah.
0: And uh, I mean, as I said, if you're in a room with a hundred entrepreneurs, 97 probably feels the same way you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you—you're definitely, definitely not alone, right?
1: You, you really have to be a special kind of crazy to be an entrepreneur, because anyone who's done it for any period of time knows that your day is essentially a roller coaster ride. One moment everything could be amazing, the next it could all be falling apart. It's essentially signing up for a life where every single day you're going to get punched in the gut. And you've got to get up smiling and coming back for more. And I think it's made even more difficult by the fact that unless you've been through this, you really can't understand it. Like if you as a business owner are trying to explain that to people around you, whether it's your partner, your friends, or your family, they're probably not going to be able to comprehend the kind of stress and strain that comes with it. And that's why I really believe that we need to have a closer community of entrepreneurs who are openly talking about it, who are supporting each other, who are helping others through it, because that's what's really going to help everyone thrive.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, the typical one, a lot of clients that I work with, right, is the sort of typical thing to say is like, you know. I start a business and my family just like, how much money are you making now? How much money are you making now? And they think it's just like a ladder going up, up, up. And, you know, after a few years, you're making millions. And um, But but I think actually the financial area for most entrepreneurs is probably one of the most difficult ones. Again, when you haven't got the management skills, background and so on. Like when you suddenly, like, like a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with, they've, Hardly had a proper day job previously right when when you're suddenly getting payments in of ten grand and you know you you haven't been used to managing money it it ain't an easy game either, right and it 's actually one of the first questions I tend to ask clients because I know the stress that money causes, particularly when they're not there and i I see a lot of people when they get the meltdown it's always based on finances right or in, in majority of cases, at least, you know, they, they're working away, they're struggling for a long, long time. But when they come to me, it's usually sort of like a meltdown or they're really, really in a, under pressure. And it's so often it's financials, right? Because yeah. they haven't learned to make sure there's enough money. They haven't learned to make sure there's decent profit margins. And, you know, they, they haven't learned how to manage the money. And it's that's not an easy game for sure.
1: Yeah, because no one really teaches you this. Like I know for myself and a lot of the people I work with, starting a business is very much a trial and error, figure it out as you go along. And this is why throughout my journey, I've made sure that I've surrounded myself with the right coaches and mentors to really kind of teach me and help me grow. Because I think such an important skill as an entrepreneur is having the self-awareness to recognize that you don't know everything, and that's okay. But at the same time, you can't afford to ignore it. There's gonna be problems and fires and big things that you have to deal with. And this is when it's so important to ask for help, to find someone who specializes in that, who is able to give you the right insights or who even has achieved what you wanna do and get them to show you how to do it. Because trying to do it by yourself and figure it out along the way not only is it going to cost more; it can also be catastrophic. Because if you make a big mistake, everything could be on the line. That could push a lot of businesses under.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I mean, even I even do that in my private life. Like, you know, if if you haven't been to the gym before and you suddenly just walk into a gym, like you don't know what to do, you don't know how to do it. And like, first time I went to a gym, or well, maybe not the first time, but when I when I started doing gym serious. Like the first thing I did was get a trainer because I know that you know even if I used him for one or two months and and learned the thing, it will be so much faster than if I just walk into a gym and trying to figure it out myself, right? And I I do exactly the same thing with business. Like even though I'm I'm very good with finances and so on, like occasionally I I, I have a coach that you know comes in and, and help me optimize things, and you know I I really like doing best practice. And, and I do it like even if I have to do Facebook ads, for example, for a business. If I don't have someone in the business who is an expert, I much prefer hiring an expert to come in. I, again, they can test it out, see if it works. And if they can't make it work, there's no way I can make it work, right? So you, you get sort of the quick, quick responses and you, you very get quick results. And I, I really, really like that when you're but particularly as an entrepreneur, because you are already trying to balance so many things. And every time you put new projects in the sea, like it's more distraction, right? So actually bringing in people to test out things and and help you accomplish things can be can be hugely beneficial.
1: Right? Yeah. I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, though. Because I was actually having a similar conversation the other day with one of my mentors. And I don't know if you know Jerry Cuff. He's rated the third best salesman in the world. And I've been very fortunate recently. He's been kind of coaching and mentoring me. And we are having a very similar kind of conversation about this, about how a lot of business owners and CEOs will put on this kind of act that they know everything. They want to convince everyone that they have everything figured out. And he was talking to me about how he believes the true kind of sign of success is transparency. You're saying if you can show up as a business owner and be authentic, that's going to be so important to getting you to where you want to be. Because at the end of the day, if you don't trust your team, then why have you hired them? Like You've brought these people in for a reason because they're experts and amazing at certain things. And if you've done your job properly, you're going to fill them out in the areas where you yourself may have weaknesses or may know nothing about. So maybe a case of you kind of, if we go back to a management example, let's say you need to hire someone new in finance, but you don't know anything about finance. So rather than trying to guess, it's having that transparency to say, do you know what? I don't know anything about this. What would you advise? Where would you go? And then using their insights to make your decisions. That's what for me leadership is all about. It's not pretending you've got all the answers. It's knowing who to turn to, to really find out what you need to make the best decisions for you and the business.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And I I love that way of thinking because I think fundamentally and and to your example specifically, I I think, and, and this is a very typical online thing. There's so many people who preach this thing, like sit down, figure it out build a process, and then hire someone and give it to them. And and I'm always the other way around. Like if there's something you don't know, don't spend the time going figuring out. Like hire someone or find someone you have in your team today. Let them figure it out for you, right? Because like I promise you the CEO of IBM is not sitting figuring out what everyone in the company is doing and building processes for them. That's not how a business runs right uh, but but unfortunately for a lot of entrepreneurs that's that's sort of their mindset right
1: yeah i'd say that's one of the biggest hurdles that kind of new ceos and business owners have to overcome because especially when you're starting out and it might just be you you kind of have to wear all the hats you have to do everything but that's only going to be sustainable for so long and when you start growing and you start expanding and hitting new revenue levels and taking on a team you simply do not have enough time to do everything and if you try and keep your string uh, hands and everything and try and micromanage everything you're going to massively hold back the business and that's why it's all about developing the self-awareness of where are you needed most what is your area of expertise and that is where all of your time goes because that's what's going to help the business thrive. And everything else, you just need to effectively hire the right people and bring them in to make sure that that is being done in a way that you can kind of step back and not have to control it. Because if you try and keep everything on top, it's just going to stress you out to the point that you're going to get burnt out or you're going to get to a point where you hate your business and you're not going to want to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's, a, there's a, a couple of big steps in there that I often help people with, right? One of them in particular is the fact that when a lot of people start a business, they think about how much money do I need to make? But the problem is they often don't factor in hiring other people to do the work. And very often, when they start hiring, when they start delegating, they don't actually increase their prices. And if you haven't put high enough prices to start, that will put you under big pressure financially. And that's actually something that I see a lot of people struggling with, because obviously, the bigger company you have, the more overhead, you need to have the finances to deal with that, right? And I think I think that is, that is a big part. I think the other huge part of this area is a lack of really niching down into core clients because most entrepreneurs, again, because they're so cash desperate, they grab everything that's a quarter of an opportunity, even if it's not a good fit for them or whatever. And it means they end up spending so much time getting distracted. And uh, I mean, I work with a lot of SEO companies and, you know, occasionally I see companies and, you know, one of the things I often start working with them is, is understanding how much time they spend on each client. And sometimes they'll have actually have clients that they're spending more money on than they're making, right? Just because they're looking at it as a team, they're like, oh, we have 10 clients, you know, we're making this much money. But when you actually look at the individual clients, the one that doesn't fit into the framework, they often end up taking so much time that they might cost more money than they're actually paying. And, and obviously, if you have niched down properly, if you made sure you have the right profit margin, you, you get out of that issue, right? But it's, it's that mindset change is really, really difficult for business owners. And, and honestly, I see the same thing corporate. If, if, if you take the people that I've worked with corporate that have moved from being an individual contributor into a management role, it is exactly the same challenge as, as business owners going from being just themselves to running a team, because when you're running a team, when you're running a business at yourself, you're the star. It's all about what you do at all times. The problem is the second you start having people under you and and you manage other people, what happens is it stops being about what you do and it starts being about what they do,
1: right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this is one of those big kind of conversations about the fact that where a lot of kind of businesses go wrong is they assume that just because someone's good at their job, they'll be good as a manager. And then they don't give them any management skills or training and just expect them to do it. And then they crash and burn. And we see it time and time again where someone may be in a corporate situation, they're an amazing salesmen, their figures are amazing. So they get promotion after promotion. Then when they start leading the team, they have no clue how to do it. They're completely out of their depth. They have no skills for leading and managing people. And it's exactly the same as a business owner where someone might have grown their business and then all of a sudden they don't have the capacity or the mental bandwidth in order to actually lead properly. And this is kind of going back to what we spoke about before. It's really having that self-awareness to understand where your weaknesses are because you simply can't afford to have that holding you back. And rather than kind of viewing that in a negative light, it's kind of realizing, okay, I might not be as good at this as I need to be, which is why I need to focus and get the skills and support to improve this area and not just ignore it. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more.
0: And I I think it's fundamental. I mean, I actually had this, uh, this discussion on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but, but you know, Particularly, this the best sales guy is always is not necessarily the best sales manager. I actually fundamentally disagree, uh, and the same like the best engineer is not necessarily the best engineering manager. And and the thing for me is, if someone have the drive and have the ability to teach themselves how to be the best sales guy, they can also learn to become the best manager, but they don't know it upfront. So exactly what you said, like just because you promote them on Friday afternoon when they come in on Monday, it doesn't mean they suddenly come in with a new bag full of brand new tools, right? They need to learn it. And, and fundamentally for me, and this is not just small business. This is, I mean, the biggest of the biggest business in the world fundamentally struggle to provide solid management training for people who are moving into management roles, Right. And the problem is, it's a totally different skill set. And I've seen it time and time again. Someone moves into a, for example, a sales management role. And what did the boss give them? They buy them another course on sales, thinking that's going to help them. Right. Instead of actually investing in management training, management learning. And I mean, there's a ton of ways you can learn. Right. Like, youtube books i mean there's there's a ton of resources it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive but again if you want to short cost to process a coach is also a great way to go
1: right yeah 100 percent. it's just kind of recognizing that skills take time to develop and just because someone's amazingly strong in one area it doesn't mean they'll be able to kind of take that over to another But like you said, a lot of these skills can be learned. We just need to have the expectation that it's not just going to come naturally. Someone's not just going to wake up one morning and be an incredible leader. They're going to need guidance. They're going to need support. They're going to have to make mistakes, learn from it and grow. But just kind of expecting to kind of jump into the deep end and get it right can be just as catastrophic as kind of ignoring it and avoiding the problem. Yeah, totally.
0: And I really, I mean, the example you had before with with someone you said I was kind of avoiding conflict and so on, right? Like I've worked with people with all kinds of personality. And the one realization I've had is the fact that anyone can learn to lead. It's it's skills. Now, it's different things depending on your personality because every person has something they're really good at things they're not so good at from a a management standpoint. And the fundamental problem is that so many people idolize specific kind of leadership. So when when you ask most people, what is a great leader? They kind of idolize these very assertive, fairly aggressive, uh, loud people. And they're like, oh yeah, like Elon Musk or you know, Steve Jobs or those kind of people, they're like, yeah, that's a real manager. And the problem is when most people get promoted into management, they try and be like that. And the fundamental problem with that is the fact that if you don't have a personality that matches those people, you will fail. Like if you want to try and be like Elon Musk, right? and you're not comfortable phoning up people at 2 a.m. and at night screaming at them to get to work, like you won't be like him, right? So fundamentally the the whole, uh, for me at least, the the main thing with management training and, and learning management is the fact that you need, that the most important thing is you need to get to know yourself better. Because it's true understanding your own strengths and weaknesses that you understand one, what you need to work on, which is generally your strength. But most importantly, you understand where you're struggling and you really understand where you need to hire other people to support
1: you as well, right? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is transparency and not trying to be something that you're not. Because if you can approach any leadership situation as being true to yourself, and not pretending like you have it all figured out and just yep. being open and building trust and relationships with people, that's what's going to be successful from a management standpoint. Because a lot of people kind of think of leadership as, as being something like the examples you gave, like Steve Jobs and, you know, Musk, kind of bossing people around. But I would take it to the extreme and argue that they're not the best leaders to aspire to be. There's a lot of people who said that Steve Jobs as a manager and leader was not the best person to be around, and they were miserable and hated him. Whereas if you look on the other side of that, some of the greatest leaders, in my opinion, are the ones who are empathetic. They're compassionate. They focus on building actual relationships in bringing out the best in their people in a nurturing way where people want to be there, where they've bought into the culture, they feel appreciated, they get recognition for what's going on. That, in my opinion, is what a true leader is all about. But it's it's also recognizing that there is no right and wrong answer. Everyone's different, and what works for one organization may not carry over to the next. So as a business owner and CEO, it's all about uncovering who do you really want to be? what example do you want to set for your company and what culture do you want to create and then grow your leadership style out of that? Cause if you start at a foundational level of this is the culture we have, your recruitment process has to reflect that. So you would bring people in based around that mentality who are going to fit into that. And then you'll be able to lead them in that way as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, so so definitely the culture and, and mindset is is really really critical when you recruit. But I I think a lot of people like the, the key thing is when you recruit, you have to be upfront about it, right? Like even if you have a bad culture, like some of the startups I've worked with, like they literally pride themselves. It's like, yeah, we work sixteen hour days. You know, we have a bed in the office, and you know, we work all the time. That's who we are. Now even if that's who you are, I don't think that's a, in any way, stretch of imagination, that's a good culture. But if that is your culture, you need to be upfront about it. If someone walks in as a brand new employee and they, they're walking home at five o'clock and you give them weird looks, like that's not okay, right? So, so whatever your culture is, and, and most cultures have some, some interesting quirks and so on, but the key thing is for the right people, that's appealing. But so often people are afraid of scaring away it, it potentially great staff. But the thing is, if, again, if they don't fit culture-wise, scaring them away is a good thing.
1: And again, this kind of plays into what we spoke about earlier of developing this new skill in self-awareness, because everything that you've just talked about is something that a lot of business owners won't have thought about because when they're in the initial stages of growing their business, the culture and everything isn't really an aspect of it. But once you hit a certain level and you start turning this vision into a reality, then it becomes another element that you have to consider. And it's just adding to that stockpile of culture, leading a team, recruiting the right people, all of these things that weren't problems before. And this is why I see so many CEOs struggling because they're trying to deal with the same kind of all of these new problems with the same level of thinking. And that's why they simply can't do it, which is why I think it's so important that we evolve them as a CEO to be able to deal with these problems. Yep.
0: That makes a ton of sense. So Byron, from your perspective, when you run a business and manage people, what, what's your biggest weakness or what's the area you feel you
1: struggle with the most? So for me personally, in my business and what I do, uh, I'd say finances is probably my kind of weakest area. That's something that kind of doing the books and the accounting and the day-to-day stuff, like it's not something that, like I know about it because I've got a master's degree in business, but it's definitely not something that I can do at a high level. So that's one of the things that I outsource and get someone else to do because I don't want to be wasting mental energy trying to get it done and that's kind of like an example of I would much rather put my time into something else that's going to be beneficial than wasting it on something that really isn't my area of expertise so I shouldn't be focusing on.
0: Totally and and again that's the, the key thing is again I always tell people you have to keep working on your strengths Right? This, this human element of, oh, someone said I'm weak at this thing. I need to go work on it. it. If you want to be a success in life in general, you want to keep working on what you're good at. Because when you spend an hour working on something you're good at, you become 10 times better than if you spend an hour working on something you're not good at. Now, with a couple of exceptions for me, number one is communication because I think that's the, it's the most frequent behavior we engage in as human beings, and I think fundamentally it's the one thing that all human beings can always benefit from improving, right? Um, But but otherwise, like really learning to, really learning to to say yes, I suck at this thing, and that's okay because over here this stuff. I'm awesome, and I'm going to do more of that. Right? It, it, it definitely takes you some vulnerability to say, I suck at this thing, but it's really so important if you want to be really successful.
1: Yeah, really, really well said. I think it's all about doubling down on your strengths and if possible, just ignoring, delegating, or outsourcing your weaknesses unless it's something that is a vital skill I put communication as well at the top of that list because if you're not very good at communicating, it's something that you have to focus on improving because you're never going to be an effective leader or someone who can kind of speak to the clients properly and the team or anyone else. So there are those certain areas where improving on them can be completely life-changing. But then on the other side, it's also understanding certain things. If you focus on improving, it's just going to be a waste of time because you really don't need it. Yeah. yeah, I have a few other skills that are
0: like networking, for example, but obviously it, it kind of ties into communication pretty well, right? Like if you're, if you're a bad communicator, networking is naturally difficult for you. Um, but, but networking is one of the other things as a business owner that I feel that generally people should invest in. The, the last thing that I always tell people to, to focus on is learning how to recruit good people right? Because I think if if you want to be in business long term, the ability to surround yourself with the right people is also very critical, right? But that's, that's sort of the the three main areas where where I generally tell people to, to work on them, even if they feel it's not a strength, right?
1: Yeah, no, really, really well said.
0: Excellent. Well, that's that's excellent. Any particular resources you have for people who are who are in a management situation or in a management position that you would really recommend? Brian?
1: Yeah, I am very active on LinkedIn. I put out kind of daily videos and resources and insights on being a CEO, running a business, uh, tapping into your full potential and really becoming more effective. So the best place to kind of check all that out is search for Byron Morrison on LinkedIn and kind of follow it. And if you do have any kind of questions or anything, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to kind of help and advise. Or yep. alternatively, check out my website, byronmorrison.co.uk.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I'll make sure we add that to the show notes and so on. That's excellent. Fantastic, Byron. I think that was a very, very good conversation. So thank you very much for joining me for this, today's episode. And uh, we'll hopefully speak again
1: soon. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.